Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like doctors and doctors and more doctors. Yeah, and doctor-ish people. Healthcare providers. Correct. Other varieties thereof. Mm-hmm. All the varieties. And when we sat down to make notes, you said... All the old people health concern things. You mean all the trans people health concern things? Oh, yeah, that. Because, <laughs> I mean, that Venn diagram, we are square in the middle of it, but... Square in the middle of those circles. Exactly. That's what I mean, exactly. <laughs> that is correct. Oh. So. Uh, something, something, circumcenter. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about something eventually here. Not geometry? No. Okay. You did finally get back for your last histo appointment with uh, the follow-up for your, or the, the, the last gynecology appointment, the follow-up for your histo. Yes. I went to the gynecologist for the six-week follow-up, which was actually six weeks and two days. Mm-hmm. Not that we're counting. Not that you were wanting to use it for anything. <laughs> Not that I wanted it over with and done. Okay, fair. And to never see the gynecologist again. Yeah. You know, she's very, very nice. Oh, she is. She's quite pleasant and quite trans-affirming and not... not Com- Competent. Exceedingly competent. Yes. Yeah. So I went back there and, of course, my blood pressure was a little high, as it, as it does in the gynecology office. What? Probably was just high in general, but we hadn't figured that out yet. Correct. And she cleared me and that was great. She said, you're all good. Yay. All up. And you had originally planned on doing it yourself, but I had already plugged in that I might, I had told my colleagues that I might take a late lunch or otherwise put in for leave to, to go with you. And you said, yes, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, it's nicer to have company when I have to go there. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was done and I was glad. But then, you know... As you said, you had high blood pressure. And so one of the things that is often recommended for people who are on T to avoid high blood pressure and to avoid high hematocrit and other problems is to regularly donate blood. Right. It has not been doctor recommended for me. However, I usually do it anyway. And then early in the fall, like maybe it was even August, the provider I had at the time had told me not to donate blood for a while and to take iron. And I think he had me do that for a little too long. I think he was also misdiagnosing your problem. Like he said, your blood cells were too small or something. And I'm like, that that doesn't seem seem right for like yeah, your, well, your lifelong way of being. We had some more information since then yes. about those labs. Well... So, in the meantime, I did not donate blood. And then I didn't donate blood because I had surgery. Mm-hmm. But then it was Christmas and the vampires were like, looking for George. Yes. Because it's the holidays and they really, really needed donations. And they, you you had scheduled to go give blood at the Bloodmobile. Yeah, the Bloodmobile was going to be in our neighborhood so I didn't have to traipse all the way down into town to the donation center. So, I, I went over there too. I uh, made an appointment a little bit later than yours and they wouldn't take me. They wouldn't take you. No. They did all their paperwork and then they checked my blood pressure and my pulse and they said, your pulse is too high. You you can sit here for five minutes and we'll check it again. And my pulse was like 106, 107 and I'm sitting there doing nothing. Sitting there doing nothing. And it would not go down. Hmm. So they would not take me. And they said, don't worry, you're only rejected for today. You can try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I started keeping an eye on my pulse and... 
I knew I had a provider appointment coming up on the 9th of January, and here we are like... It's like the 20th 20th of December. December, So yeah, like not even less than a month. And But as I'm paying attention to my watch and my pulse, and then start using the oximeter and, you know, check with other devices to make sure it's not just one device that might be reading something wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm standing in the yard with Bob telling him to go pee, and my heart rate's 120. Yeah. And and I was not feeling it. Now, the oximeter, we got that at the beginning of COVID because that was supposedly one of the early symptoms, early signs that you might have it. The oxygen level, right? Yeah. Um, but we also live at altitude. Did your oxygen saturation ever show any significant no, variation? None. Okay. None. I just apparently was showing a very high heart rate, but I could not feel anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some years ago, my sister had a high heart rate, but she could feel it. Mm-hmm. I'm just standing there like, really? Is that right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's going up while I'm saying that. Yeah. <laughs> of course, because um, that's stressful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we started trying to figure out what that might be and thinking about like, well, maybe your T is high because right after your uh, hysterectomy, you know, like that's that's done things before, like when your T was high, that like it increases your blood, what's it called? Hematocrit, mm-hmm. the, the concentration of the, and that might be making your heart work faster or harder to do something or, you know, right. so, so we were like, okay. I had taken all that iron. I had not donated blood all fall and usually I would have donated. So you. You had labs scheduled, but you called the doctor and got in to get more? Well, with that heart rate that high, I thought, I know I have a new provider coming up in a few weeks, but this is really high. Let me see if I can go over to my provider. The old provider. The old provider nearby. Uh, the interim one that I've had for only a few months because I don't really, I didn't want to keep him. And see if he can order some more labs, and then I can do them all at once. So I went. Uh, I called called the appointment line, and they made me a nine a.m. appointment for the next day, like a Thursday or whatever it was, Wednesday, Thursday. And I took off of work, and I went over there, and they said, "We don't have you on the schedule." Mm. And I said, "Well, you need to because my heart rate <laughs> is high, right? And I need to see somebody today." Mm-hmm. And she said, "Okay, can you see somebody else?" I said, "Absolutely." You're not you're not attached to this provider. I am not. I didn't. <laughs> I almost wasn't going to go because I didn't want to see him. Right. And she gave me somebody else who was, I thought, a little bit more competent than mine once I saw him. She said, come back in an hour. Don't get here early because you'll just be sitting here. Come exactly in an hour. Mm-hmm. So I did. And I saw the other guy and he did order labs. And I, I told him my concern was my heart rate was too high. And he said, well, it's in the, it's 84 right now. So that's okay. I'm thinking, no, it's not actually. Just because it's 84 right that second doesn't mean it, everything's okay. And see, that's been the problem the last few years, mm-hmm. maybe five or six years when I've gone to the doctor mm-hmm. and I've said, the MA says, what do you want to talk to the doctor about today? And I say, well, one of the things is when I check my heart rate, it's in the 90s and I'm sitting there doing nothing and it shouldn't be in the 90s mm-hmm. when I'm sitting there doing nothing. Right. Like, let me repeat myself and hopefully you'll get this. Yeah, they never listen. No, they decide for themselves what's going on for you. That's yeah. been my experience at most doctor offices too. So you went to see this provider and he didn't think that you were having a big problem, but he did go ahead and add more labs. He did. And I had labs scheduled for the following week 
Mm-hmm. But I decided I'd have to go early, which is a bummer because it takes so... You have to schedule like 6 a.m. labs so, so many weeks ahead of time. Right. In order to get a 6 a.m. slot. Otherwise, you have to go sit there, which is what I was going to have to do. And I did have to go sit there. Mm-hmm. And I was the third one in line. The first person had an appointment. The next one didn't. Then there was me. But I didn't get to go third because the guy who had the 6.30 slot, they took him even though it was only 6.15. Mm-hmm. And you just have to wait, keep waiting. Yeah. So if somebody gets there and they have an appointment, even if they're early, they take them first. Yep. So it took about an hour and a half to get in. Mm-hmm. And the nice part was, because it was right before Christmas weekend, nobody was really there. So I didn't you know, have to wait like three hours. Mm-hmm. The labs came back by the end of the day, uh-huh. which is unheard of with the testosterone. Usually that takes three days. Yeah, I was going to say, if since nobody's going in, then the actual processing takes less time too. Yeah. Well, apparently, yeah, that was true, you know, right. across the whole area. Um, and what did they say? The, the lab reports were a mess. My hematocrit was high. My red blood cells were high. My testosterone was very high. How high was it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was more than twice what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my endo prefers less than half of that. Yes. And and so do you for the most part. Yes. Yes. I pretty much do. <laughs> and I thought, geez, you know, should somebody have told me to reduce my shot or what's going on here? So right away, we knew the f- next thing to do was to not have my shot that week. Right. Let it go down some. Right. So that's what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And the next week comes along and I get a phone call from the hospital uh, scheduling saying, oh, we have to move your appointment with your new provider. And I say, why? And this is the central scheduling for the entire hospital system, one of two or three in, in our county that like also hosts many of the local doctor offices. Yes. And so he went and looked that up because I asked. Mm-hmm. He said, well, apparently we're doing some sort of system reboot and we have to move everything. Mm. I'm like, well, I'm having a problem and I need to see my provider as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. He said, let me look and see if there's anything sooner. He no. said there wasn't. And so he moved me from the 9th to the 19th, which mm. I was very unhappy about. I'm sure this was not helping my blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking about it. And then I decided I was going to have to call somebody I knew. Uh, so I sent a text to a APRN friend mm-hmm. and said, hey, can I consult with you on something? And explained to them the problem of getting into my provider and what was going on. Mm-hmm. And they said, absolutely. My office is closed after four o'clock. Can you come by there then? And we'll talk about it. Right. So I went over there and, you know, further explained what was going on and explained that my father had died from a stroke Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to do that. Please don't. (laughs) So they understood my concern and they decided to have a listen. And I said, you know, I'll sign up for your clinic for now and pay your fees or whatever's going, you know, whatever I need to do in order to be. She runs a concierge clinic. Yeah. yeah, In order to take care of business here. It's not a problem for me. Right. You know, that's how you do business. and, And, but I just, I trust this person. Yeah. So they looked me over and said, um, the concern that they were finding was that I seem to have an irregular heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the look on their face, frankly, but 
they started looking f- through the medicines, you know, like mm-hmm. deciding what medicine they would apply to that situation. Right. And knowing that I had an appointment not till the 19th, mm-hmm. they said, you need an EKG. I said, oh, the hospital is going to give me one on the 25th. And they're like, okay, that's really not helpful. We need one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Can you do one tomorrow if I get one for you? I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They said, if they couldn't get one set up for tomorrow, they would write orders and send me send me over to the ER nearby. But they didn't want to do that yet because it would cost me a lot more money. So they gave me a prescription for the problem. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, They said, it's not that the reason I'm not feeling it is because my heart rate is not staying at 120. It is jumping to 120. Mm-hmm. And that's why my watch is picking it up or the other measurement devices are picking it up. Mm-hmm. But it's not staying there. Right. And so the type of medication they gave me is very well used on this type of problem. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to wait. Right. For the EKG. Correct. Because of both of our concerns now about strokes. <laughs> you know. So I went to pick up that medication at the pharmacy that night, and my aunt has medication at that pharmacy. So I called her as I'm looking it up on the app, and I said, do you want me to pick up your prescriptions? Oh, yeah, but I don't need them till Friday, whatever. I said, well, I need mine tonight because it's a new heart medicine. Mm-hmm. And my aunt says, oh, what is it? So I tell her, and she says, oh, that's what I'm taking. And I'm thinking... This is your aunt with dementia. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> she she doesn't always know what she's talking about. She she said that she had early onset dyslexia. Yes, she did. <laughs> I'm sure of it. But I look it up and the first name I see for it starts with an M, but it's not the same name. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, she just thought it was the same name because it starts with an M. But when I open it to pay for it so I could just pick it up, mm-hmm. it was the same medicine. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how does she know that? <laughs> that is funny. Right? How does she know that? Mm-hmm. And hers is extended release. So I thought, now this is interesting because maybe maybe this runs on the other side of the family. Who knows? Right. But I picked up the medicine and it's not mine is not extended release. Right. So I'm sure I told her at the time, you know, I'm telling her I'm picking up a heart medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this is very funny because it shows up again later that she can tell me what the heart medicine is, but doesn't know what she's doing. And the the medicine works. Mm-hmm. It works really good. It does. My heart rate went down to a normal heart rate between 60-something and 80-something, which is great. Yes. Oh, so she took me for EKG the next day. Mm-hmm. So when she said to me, can you do it the next day? Okay, here's where we're doing it. You didn't realize it was actually we, like she was going to show up. I kept wondering, like she said we. Is she meeting me there? She was, and mm-hmm. she did it herself. Mm-hmm. And she said, it looks good. On the medicine, you're good. We're going to leave you on it. She said, it could be that my thyroid went kind of wacko after the hysterectomy Mm -hmm. and threw my hormones out of whack, which threw my heart out of whack, which, you know, thyroids Mm -hmm. can throw everything out of whack. Yes. And that I could only need this temporarily. And I I said, well, I don't know. My heart rate has been doing this 90s thing for at least five years. Yeah. So it might not. I don't know. But it wasn't doing 120. So let's let's find out. Right. In the meantime, we have prevented a stroke and that's happy. We hope so. Yeah, we hope so. <laughs> we hope so. Please. We have done our best. There you go. To prevent a stroke. I appreciate your best. Thank you. You're very close to that. So Thank you. Um, so I'm thinking now it's been two, two days, day and a mm-hmm. half since they called me and rescheduled this appointment. Yes. 
with the new APRN as your primary provider. And I'm thinking they moved everybody's appointments. So I'm betting that if I go online to my chart, I can move my appointment sooner. I would wager that, you know, if they had to get everybody out of the following couple of weeks just to do like whatever the system reboot was, once it got rebooted, I'd wager those appointments are available again. They were. What? I know. And so when you had originally been on the 9th. I was. And then they put you on the 19th. Yes. And then you went into the system and rescheduled for? The 3rd. There you go. And then I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I hope my insurance card gets here in time. (laughs) Because I had a new insurance card coming. Because they just changed your insurance, which we've talked about with regards to your surgery. My my appointment was in the afternoon, and I would have time to get one from HR if I didn't have it. There you go. It came came to our house. On like the 31st. Yeah, it got to our house. 30th. Yeah. On the weekend. And that was good. So I went to the new uh, provider. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's the one that that was highly recommended. And we sent Child Zero there and Child Zero loved it. Why why did we send Child Zero there? Like, how did we first find out about this person? So my former intern, Mm -hmm. my age, her queer daughter found her. And she went to her and then went to her mother and said, hey, this provider's really great. She's the first one who hasn't called me fat. And this is not a fat person. This is a person who is active and thick-bodied. Yes. And so then my former intern went to her and said, hey, George, if you know anybody needs a provider, this is a great provider. I said, oh, I'm going to tell Child Zero. And I told Child Zero. Who has also been having problems with being taken seriously by doctors. In this case, not because they're fat. They're actually quite slender. They have a very gender non-conforming presentation, which also leads to not being taken seriously in professional settings. Yes. They loved her. They said she had read their whole chart all the way back to their hysterectomy, which was a long time ago. Yeah. Like 10 years mm-hmm. or more. Mm-hmm. But I think more. Anyhow. I think more because it was before we got married. Yeah. So I decided, that's that's when I decided I was going to make an appointment with her and I made it for the new insurance. Mm-hmm. And the soonest one I could get at that time was the ninth. So I get there on the third because now I'm on the third and she's already read my chart and has new labs she wants me to do. I was blown away. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody does this anymore. Right. She did. Yeah. So she decided that I should have a heart monitor. Now, here's the thing. When I talked to my APR and friend. Yes. She said, here's the problem with the EKG that the hospital is going to do for you. When you have an irregular heart rate, you go in and they may or may not catch it on that yes. one EKG. And then what they do is you still have the problem and eventually they prescribe and give you a heart monitor that you wear for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then they figure out what's going on. Right. But you have to go all, through all that trouble first. Like their path to what you need is... Circuitous at best. Right. Then but, this new APRN that is not our friend, but is the provider sought the new, through the insurance. Yeah, the new provider, she already knew that I needed a heart monitor. She said, no, we need to do this now. Yeah. And I'm going to prescribe it. And I want to prescribe these other labs that nobody else has done yet. And I don't understand why they haven't. Mm-hmm. Because we need to check all these things. And we shouldn't check your thyroid or your, or your testosterone this soon. But if you're going to your endocrinologist on the 10th, then... Whatever labs he gives you to do, do those five or six weeks from now with mine, mm-hmm. and then come and see me in five or six weeks. Yeah. And let's talk about this again. There you go. And so off I went, waiting for the hospital to now call me and schedule a heart monitor. <laughs> 
Which eventually they did about a week later. Which was it week? All, all told, Almost. not bad. Yeah, all told, that's still not bad. They called me at the end of the week and said, "Can you come in for a heart monitor tomorrow?" And I said, "What time?" And they gave me several, and I picked the one that worked because if they had more than one time, I knew I could make it work. Right. I think I had therapy at nine, and so I couldn't do the morning one. Right. So I had to go in the afternoon. So as you're wearing this heart monitor, and as you are taking this heart medicine. Mm -hmm. you start noticing that you're feeling a little off. Yeah, I sent a text to... We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Long time no see. Right. I have winter on my side of the microphone. I do too. I'm just more acclimated to it. Yeah, we're, we're in the same room. It's we, cold in here. I'm not usually cold. It's a weird experience. Correct. Yeah. I think letting your tea get lower, because remember, that was what would always make you too hot to go outdoorsing at first. Yeah, that could be it. Nobody knows what the numbers are right now. Nope. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. When, when do you get tested again? That's what I was just looking up. Oh, what do you know? Yeah. What did it say? I have to go back to the doctor on the 9th of February. Okay. So before then. Actually, I don't know if I have an appointment for the endo. I think he said six weeks, but his office probably will never make the appointment unless I call them. Oh my God. You didn't make it on your way out of the office? You didn't like check in at the desk and say, he said six weeks. Oh, I did actually. He brought me to the desk. I do have a paper somewhere. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Because that office is so incompetent. I'm sorry. So are we ready to Uh, bitch about all this stuff now? (laughs) Sure. Let's go ahead. (laughs) Not that we started ahead of time. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George.